1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: As we do on a Thursday, we check in with Family Voice Australia, State Director for New South Wales and the ACT, Greg Bondar. Greg, welcome back to 2020.
1: Good morning, Neil. Delighted to be here.
0: (coughs) Greg, let's talk sports chaplaincy. There's a lot of uh, sports chaplains around Australia, but you're tending to think that there's probably need for a whole lot more. What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, absolutely, Neil. You know, the more I look at it, uh, the more I see the value of sports chaplains, whether, you know, they're at the uh, elite level. You know, we're talking here grade NRL or AFL or cricket or whatever, whatever it might be. Or if you're talking about the local, you know, sporting club that uh, has, um, you know, kids sport on a Saturday morning. Now there are over 14 million Australians who participate in some form of sport across the country, Neil. And um, it's very important that you know that uh, we we tend to appreciate, we need to appreciate that local sporting clubs make a great contribution to the heart heart of our communities. Now, as an accredited sports chaplain myself. Uh, I can tell you that there's a real need for more chaplains to go out there and sort of ensure that the welfare of uh, sports people are looked after now.
0: <clears throat> so when we talk chaplains for sporting, Clubs. Uh, we've got clubs, you know, there's obviously uh, inter-club competitions that are happening in virtually every town listening into to us is going to have some sort of sports uh, challenges, whether it's on the football field or the hockey field or uh, whether it's uh, in, you know, the, a table tennis tournament, all sorts of clubs. But uh, as you say, we sometimes think of sports chaplaincy at those elite levels and recognise the value of sports chaplains, but you're saying that perhaps every single club needs to have a sports chaplain. Is that what you're saying?
1: Oh, absolutely, Neil. I mean, you have to appreciate, you know, uh, in my chaplaincy work, and I actually do some sports chaplaincy for a major um, uh, NRL club, but uh, uh, that that aside, and I'll come back, back to that later, Neil, but... Every sporting club, you know, you look at the children and I don't know but if you've seen a a local match played lately, whether it's cricket or basketball or netball or or NRL, whatever it might be, but there are parents out there that, you know, can put pressure on children. There are kids that are playing a sport that are under pressure to perform and they really need some, you know, spiritual, uh, but more, more pastoral care so that the, the body, mind and the soul all interact in a, in a proper way because don't forget, forget Neil, you know, kids do get bullied whether it's off or off or, off or on the field and, and they need to be looked after. So chapman can step in where the coach can't or the parent can't and they can give some very valuable pastoral care guidance now.
0: Pastoral care guidance, and uh, this is interesting because it's one of those very fluid things that happens because a chaplain adapts to whatever crisis people are going through, and it could be an individual-level crisis or it could be something that the club faces. Say, you know, someone has a a tragic accident and uh, there's grief and loss being felt. The chaplain has a tremendous input when that happens. But for individuals who are going through all sorts of challenges, whether it's at home or at school or in the workplace, the chaplain provides amazing pastoral care. You just can't get that just anywhere.
1: No, you can't. Look, I know with the major football clubs, and, Neil, you only have to open the sporting page of any major media outlet you'll notice that some sporting personality is either drunk or in drugs or, or committed a sexual offence or whatever it might be. And uh, those people, regardless of their actions, Neil, uh, at this point in time, they do need pastoral care. They need spiritual care. They need to ensure that they can talk to somebody. And um, in particular, when something goes wrong, when you have a bad relationship with your girlfriend, or your wife, or whatever it might be. You know, these sporting uh, personalities need support. Now, just like they do, kids at the local level, Neil, undergo a lot of stress. And I have to tell you that, you know, you know uh, they do get under pressure. They do want to perform. They do want to impress their parents. They want to make sure that they're, you know, up there and sort of performing. But a lot of times, you know, you've got tr- tragedies that occur, uh, tra- tragedy in the way of, you know, maybe a broken leg or, or or somebody on the field has, you know, been hospitalized. Kids can suffer, and I think you've got to be there and provide that caring, pastoral comfort that, as I said, sometimes parents can't uh, provide in, a, in, a, in an objective form. So, chaplains, sporting chaplains, play a vital role. And, you Neil, know, I've got to tell you, not just in sporting, but also corporations, you know, they're now looking for more and more chaplains to come and help their um, uh, staff, you know, undergo pastoral care as well now.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, we have a chaplain here at Vision, and some might say, well, it's a Christian organisation. Why wouldn't you have a chaplain? Uh, some might say, well, because mm. it's a Christian organisation, maybe you don't need a chaplain as much. But every <laughs> every organisation, uh, and uh, I know that this is the testimony of schools in particular uh, spoken to lots and lots of chaplains and i uh, 've got feedback from various schools that the the role of a chaplain within a school is incredibly important mm. it takes a lot of pressure off uh, the administration of a school when there 's someone that can be a go-between, someone who is a support person when there are challenges that are happening. So, uh, whether that's happening in the school or on the in the sporting club, that's going to be an essential element of actually having a, a good, um, you know, buoyant, uh, free-flowing club atmosphere, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Look, my wife is a chaplain at a girls' school, and. Um She's uh, very much uh, involved and she tells me stories. Uh, as I said, I do chaplains who work at our church at a, at a major sporting club. But the point I want to make here, Neil, is you know, chaplains are not there necessarily to preach the gospel. We're there to provide pastoral care. We're there to pray for them if they want to be involved in prayer, but we don't force it upon them. We're there to make sure that we can spiritually hold their hand and say, look, how can we help? Can I pray for you? Would you like me to pray for you? Or or whatever the case may be, Neil. But we need to be there because chaplains do great work, as I said, at, at a sporting level, at a school level, or even corporations. You know, so, look, I really recommend that if you're in a club or a sporting club or whatever and you don't have a chaplain, please contact the Sports Chaplaincy Australia have a chat to them because I'm sure we can find somebody for you.
0: Okay, simply Google Sports Chaplaincy Australia. No doubt they've got a link there and they must be getting inquiries all the time Mm. from people who are saying, what do I do to prepare? What's this accreditation? Is there... Uh, some way that, uh, you know, there's there a process or a pathway to being a sports chaplain? So, uh, yeah, Sports Chaplaincy Australia. Hey, another area of chaplaincy uh, that happens is in what is called the Mission to Seafarers. And just recently I spoke to Pastor Tay in Sydney, who leads the Mission to Seafarers there, and uh, he was just amazing, uh, some of the facts and figures that uh, were being uh, bandied around about the the number of seafarers who are on the oceans at any one time. Uh, you're also connected because you're a board member of Mission to Seafarers, Greg.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am a board member and Reverend Ty worked for us. He's been very good and he's our principal chaplain and uh, he tells me, you know, at any one time there are 1.5 million seafarers at sea at any one time. And he also tells me, you know, because we look at the data that are that we get over ten thousand seafarers come to our uh, to the Sydney uh, Chaplaincy Centre here at uh, you know in, in Sydney, and and that's a lot of number of people that uh, come off ships. And don't forget, if you've been on a ship for a few months or whatever the case may be, the real reason you want to get involved is to make sure you contact your family, your friends. So we provide a very valuable service in terms of caring for them. We provide a lunch. We have a prayer meeting. But again, don't forget, Neil, that seafarers are not all Christians. There are Muslims, there are Buddhists and what have you, but we cater for whoever they are because it's the work we do from a welfare perspective. So, Neil, again, a wonderful thing uh, that, that is being provided, not only this, in Sydney. You know, there are chaplaincy Australia has chaplains in every major uh, seaport you know, whether it's Perth or Brisbane or Sydney, uh, Newcastle, we've got chaplains there, and I think you need to make contact with that those particular organisations. If you know anybody that um, uh, you know in, in the Navy or or uh, you know commercial uh, fishermen or whatever the case may be, I'm sure they can help.
0: You know, I remember Pastor Tay saying that during COVID it was so tough for seafarers because oftentimes they'd come into port, they weren't allowed to get off the boat. But they'd have special needs uh, for medications, and uh, you know those sorts of you know personal effects. And it was the uh, the chaplains uh, in uh, mm-hmm. the seafarers uh, who were really playing a go-between role and providing a pastoral <laughs> care for them. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty interesting one because uh, when you can't get yeah. off the boats, you need someone to help, don't you?
1: Absolutely, and you know we actually organised our cavity. Uh, injection uh, opportunity for those seafarers that never had one. Uh, we made sure that we went on board um, ships and we engaged with them from a welfare, pastoral perspective. And I recall one story, Neil, where you know we had some seafarers that were Christian, Muslim, uh, Buddhist, and what 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 else have you have? <laughs> yeah, one of our chaplains, I think, if I got the story right says to them, now, we're going to have lunch now, but we're going to say grace. And uh, Now, whether you're a Muslim or a Buddhist, you're going to have to say grace or you don't get fed. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's a coercion.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So we try and engage with them, really, from both a professional and um, spiritual level. But uh, you know what? They all engaged in the prayer, and uh, they were really pleased that chaplains can provide this service. And Mission to Seafarers really is 150 years old here in Sydney, Neil. And, you know, it was set up by the Anglican Church, So there's a lot there that, you know, a lot of history there that just goes to show you the work that's being done and unrecognised by the community at large, you
0: know. So to support the mission to seafarers, Fairers, you've got a fundraising lunch that's coming up on the eighth of July, and uh, people can be a part of that. And perhaps uh, Sydney siders who are listening in right now, uh, maybe to attend the St Andrew's Cathedral. Uh, is there a special yeah. need or anything around that uh, particular service? I mean, fundraising. Is there a big shortfall? What's the what's the needs uh, financially there? Yeah. Greg?
1: Yeah, look, we we do have a fundraising lunch on the 8th of July. It's being held at New South Wales Parliament House. Um, and uh, we're looking for people in Sydney, you know, close by to come and join us. Just go on to the Mission to sea, uh, Seafarers website and uh, book or contact me if you can. But um, also the St Andrew's Cathedral will be a major service. I'm actually doing the Bible reading, Neil, on that particular day. And uh, we look forward to having anybody that's associated from a marine or a maritime background to come along and make um, the uh, the service a real memorable event for uh, for the f- seafarers. So Neil, if anybody is there wants to get involved, please make contact. I would love to have you.
0: And I think you'd love to see a sponsor or two for that uh, oh. annual fundraising lunch. So I'll put people in touch with you, Greg. So uh, fam- you. familyvoice.org.au familyvoice dot org dot au to connect with Greg Bondar around. Uh, The mission to seafarers. Hey, let's talk election uh, for a few minutes, uh, unpacking some of the uh, fallout from the federal election. You had a special guest on a webinar that you were running with Family Voice Australia, Senator Gerard Rennick. Uh, What was his insight into uh, the loss on the, uh, the conservative side?
1: Yeah, look, we had a wonderful webinar yesterday with um, Gerard Rennick, Senator for Queensland, who was actually um, elected in the 2019 federal election. Now, the webinar was held in conjunction with my colleague, Neil um, Andrew McCall, who's our State Director in Queensland, and we sort of made sure that uh, we sort of tried to unpack the issues. Now, there were a lot of issues. As, as you know, the coalition government lost government, and uh, people say you don't you don't win... You don't win a government, you lose it. And uh, so there was a lot of issues that needed to be addressed. And in particular, Neil, we looked at uh, what is the future of a conservative government, you know, and I think it's going to be an uphill battle, Neil. Uh, People were saying, well, what went wrong? I mean, the general feedback I've had, and I think Senator Rennick confirmed that, that the coalition went too far left. It tried to appease the, the, the leftist members of parliament and in particular the electorate. And, of course, uh, some of the policies that went wrong was, I think, Neil, you've got to appreciate that a coalition government that supports a net zero target is not going to win friends from the general conservative Australian because uh, it does put pressure on you and you only have to look at now that the energy crisis that we're going to have with a net zero target will cause real Distress for families now.
0: No doubt, a lot of soul searching goes on in the loss at an election. Uh, is there anything you discussed in in by way of uh, you know talking about uh, the former prime minister, Scott Morrison? Mm-hmm. Was there a Morrison factor involved in uh, in his assessment?
1: Yeah, he was. I think Senator Rant was very open, very very um, forthcoming. He look, he did say that uh, the prime minister, Scott Morrison was unliked by women, I think, uh, it, for whatever reason, I'm not here to judge, I'm just reporting back what the electorate is giving in, in, by way of feedback. There was also a, a factor there that he was a, a, a bulldozer, as the media started to call him. There was also the issue of the Prime Minister sort of not addressing the problem with women at the, uh, at the parliamentary level, I think he tried to sort of um, sidestep it. So there was a lot of issue relating around women and also the fact that he was a very strong character, but that strong character tended to put a lot of people off in terms of the electorate, in terms of his parliamentary colleagues. And uh, and I think it's come home to roost for him, unfortunately, now.
0: And Greg, the future now, well, you know, under a Labor government, uh, you're uh, the State Director for Family Voice Australia for New South Wales and the ACT. And uh, as listeners will know, uh, the boot was, uh, you know, on both sides. Uh, when you start to assess all sorts of policies from a Christian perspective, uh, mm. now there's been a change of government. No doubt your work continues as you are lobbying and uh, meeting with politicians and putting Christian viewpoints and things like that. Uh, How are you seeing uh, the the coming term?
1: Yeah, very good question. Look, I'm actually, as you know, also the um, State Director for the ACT, so I work closely with the National Parliament as well, and in particular I've now made contact with our our new ministers that have come on board under the uh, Labor government and to advise them that... Family Watch Australia continues to advocate for family, freedom and faith. We won't lose track of that. We want to make sure that, the, you know, that government will be godly. And we've got to make sure also that they do, you know, that they do address the issues of concern to some 40 million Christians that are currently in Australia at the moment. So, Neil, it's going to be a very, very challenging time. Uh, it will be one, uh, one, one of the most interesting threes that we're going to have. Uh, having said that, I'm also making contact with Peter Dutton to congratulate him and to make sure that he continues to... Um sure that Christian voice is heard in, in, in Parliament now
0: and uh, no doubt we'll be unfolding and unpacking all sorts of developments as they come uh, in the years to come Greg hey uh, mm. an upcoming event you've got coming up on the 20th of June uh, you're going to be telling the Jereth Cock story and uh, you know cancelled and persecuted for his faith uh, Dr Jereth Cock uh, give us some insights here into what you're expecting for that particular webinar
1: yeah, look, Neil, I don't know if your listeners are aware, but Jared Koch was a, a local GP in Melbourne. He made a couple of tweets on his um, phone, you know, supporting Christian views and what have you. And, of course, he was cancelled by the Australian Medical Association. Now, that is a tragic... He's been now out of a job for two years, Neil, uh, for simply making a tweet, almost a, a mirror image of, you know, uh, Israel fallout And... Uh, His legal team, and John Steneff is a lovely man, lovely legal man, he's going to be on the webinar as well. We're going to talk about why he was cancelled, what you can do about after you've been cancelled. And you know what I'm like about wokeism and cancelled culture, now. So I, I encourage everybody to come and listen to that webinar. Monday, 20th of June, just register on the Family Voice website.
0: You know all about it. In fact, uh, I hope your book is going well too, uh, The Silencing of the Lambs. Uh, Greg Bondar, I'll point people to the Family Voice website, familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for your update today on 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. Every blessing.